0: Welcome to the Buker and Friends Podcast, co-starring 10-year NBA center Ryan Hollins.
2: A of leads in, shot blocked by Ryan Hollins. Hollins sent that into the third row.
0: Six rebounds and eight assists.
2: Hollins oh, oh.
0: climbs,
2: climbs. the stairs.
1: Down the floor. Ryan oh. Hollins, he is the high jumper. That's what I want to see. Give me some gunpowder and throw the hammer down.
0: And now here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Bucher. Rick Bucher.
2: Welcome to another episode of Buker and Hollands, subsidiary of Bucher and Friends, part of the United WeCast Network. I'm Rick Bucher. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. You can also hear me on radio.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Rick Bucher and on Instagram at Rick underscore Bucher. He is Ryan Hollins? You can see him on ESPN, CBS. You can hear him on a variety of platforms. You can follow him on Twitter at the Ryan Hollins, and on Instagram at simply Ryan Hollins. Not simply Ryan Hollins, but at Ryan Hollins simply. All right. So, um, did I miss any platforms? Did I miss any? Any? You got any new gigs? You got anything happening that I am, that you didn't send me in advance that I'm not aware of? Cyclecast. <laughs> we, will get, we will get to that. <laughs> we will get to that, our new sponsor, Cyclecast. Ryan is, is as excited about it as I am, apparently. So uh, there you go. We will get to that shortly. I, I didn't, I sent you a rundown, okay? First of all, we're, we're recording this, and I haven't seen all of the, and by the time this by the time we drop this podcast, actually, we'll be several 24 hours past, but we're recording this the night of the college football championship, and I'm a couple minutes behind in watching it, so Ryan's ahead of me, and I, and Ryan's like, oh man, that dude's, he's going to set a record. I'm like, Ryan, don't tell me, don't tell me, I'm not, I am haven't seen it. I assume he's talking about Joe Burrow's. And all of this will make sense to all of you after the fact. But you can't help yourself. Like, this dude might set a record. (laughs) You just keep going. So, obviously, LSU dominates the fourth quarter, or at least has to the point of our recording this. We're going to spend the majority of our time, however, on the NBA because there's a lot to get to. And one thing that I didn't give you prior, but I saw you and Perk getting into it, so uh, Kendrick Perkins, I want, to, uh, I want to touch upon this very quickly. Russ Westbrook going back to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City putting a number on them, brings up two things for me. Number one there was a big debate about who's Mr. Thunder. And that kind of transformed into who's the best player to ever play in an Oklahoma City Thunder uniform. And there was a time, Ryan, where I would have said Russell Westbrook is the answer to both of those. I don't know that I can say that now. But I don't think it's the same guy. So I'm just wondering, for you, when we say Mr. Thunder, it's basically the guy who's not just the best player. There's the best player, and then there's the guy that meant the most to the franchise. Who's your Mr. Thunder?
1: Easily, Mr. Thunder is Russell Westbrook, uh- For one, he stayed uh, when KD left. Mm. He took his extension. Not just did he take his extension with the depleted Thunder team. He was the MVP of the league. Uh, Then he went out and recruited Paul George. Did everything he could to get the Thunder back where they could have been. But the Thunder didn't catch up with the times of the new NBA, of versatility, of efficiency, of a number of different things a number of different things uh so as far as mr thunder it is by far uh russell westbrook okay That's so we, i don't i don't believe we can question that
2: oh yeah i'm i'm with you on that i think especially the way russ left versus the way kd left there was just so much bad blood i don't know that you can turn it around and and give it back to kd i do want because you, you always surprise me. You end up knowing a little bit more than I expect you to know when it comes to some behind-the-scenes stuff when it comes to players. I have not been able to determine this as fact. I haven't gotten this, but reading the tea leaves and from some of the things that I've heard, my belief is that when Russ signed his extension and PG signed his extension. Oklahoma City did it while promising them that if they ever wanted to go, that they would move them. That they wouldn't hold them hostage in Oklahoma City. And that's why when PG had the opportunity to go to the Clippers, the Oklahoma City Thunder went ahead and made that deal. And when Russ then wanted out as a result of PG going to the Clippers, they made good on that too. Because on the face of it, You don't trade two superstars like that that you have locked up contractually. You don't do that unless you had an agreement when those deals were made that if they wanted to go, you would honor that. That's the only explanation I have. Now, I don't have that verbatim from somebody. I don't have that, at you know, somebody in Oklahoma City or somebody close to one of those players saying, yeah, that was the agreement. But it makes all the sense in the world to me. So I just wonder from your perspective or whether you heard anything or whether it's just your basic player league knowledge, player slash league knowledge that makes you feel some kind of way about that theory of mine.
1: No, I I believe I I have a different level of respect for uh, Preston in Oklahoma City uh, because it was that type of deal that, hey, Paul George, for one, They showed Paul George loyalty. And what I mean by that, they went out and traded Sabonis and a number of different guys in Oladipo, uh, which were fine players, to get Paul George a move that the Lakers weren't willing to make. Um, Also, the week that he he was essentially traded um, to make Paul George feel welcome, the entire coaching staff, front office, equipment man, you name it, they flew out. To LA to hold somewhat of a mini camp for Paul George to accl- acclimate him to for, to the team, knowing he's an LA guy, and we don't want to hold you hostage in Oklahoma City. It was just being realistic. Uh, Billy Donovan, every, I mean, literally everybody was there. Hmm. And when they signed an extension, things weren't going well. All signs pointed to Paul George being out. He could have been the guy in Los Angeles rather than Anthony Davis or possibly he and Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Uh, could have made that so it was a Paul George turned down home to come back but I fully agree in terms that it was a handshake agreement that said listen I'm gonna extend you guys take your money give us a chance and if things don't go you got your money and we'll trade you and move you and that Paul George was able to which does not happen with the guy in the same conference he was sent to a Western Conference team to a contender the Clippers that doesn't happen that he, I, I'm not if Houston Oklahoma, Oklahoma City I'm not mistaken they may even be in the same division mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Russell Westbrook was sent to Houston to pair up with James Harden that does not happen um, it was like hey where do you want to go uh, th- th- this almost reminds me of uh wh- when I was traded from by Larry Brown and he just took care of all of our guys he sent me and Matt Carroll to Dallas to play with Dirk Nowitzki uh, he sent Adam Morrison uh, and Shannon Brown to Los Angeles to play with Kobe Bryant, who ends up getting both, end up getting a reigns. And Jared Dudley and Jason Richardson go to the Suns. So uh, this was a player friendly move uh, in the trade. And in the grand scheme of things, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, I believe they're going to be the winners going forward. And we always look back, Carmelo's big trade, even Paul George being traded to the Thunder. The teams that end up dumping the star end up. It's ending up real, uh, really good in the long run, and I think Oklahoma City is going to win it. And as a player, you appreciate the good faith.
2: Yeah. The one other thing before we we jump off of this, uh, Shea Gilgis just Alexander. You got a long look at Ooh, him me. when he was with the Clippers last year. He's with Oklahoma City now. It's funny. I feel myself. I I was big on him. I might have been bigger on him last year than I was this year. Do I think he's a very good player? I do. Do I think he's a future all-star? I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure what the like. First of all, what position do you see him playing ultimately?
1: He's a one. Uh, there's so much gravity around Chris Paul yeah. that you know you got to find certain moments where you can see who Shea Gilgis Alexander is. Uh, when I when we had covered him last year with the team and called the games. Uh, the biggest question and challenge I posed to him, and I told him to this personally, is if he's aggressive, he changes the entire the entire dynamic of the game. And when he's not aggressive, he's just another guy who floats on the court. On the court, he's a guy who can be easily forgotten, or he can leave an imprint on your mind that makes you just blows you away. And there's certain guys, Rick, that are like scared. You know, ah, he kind of doesn't have it. And you have certain guys that like kind of fit in. Yeah. And this young man, whether it was the team playing the stacked Warriors at the time, guys like Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, um, you name it, go down the line, he showed up for those games, which led me to believe that this kid has it. It yeah. really thrilled me. And that was the one part about the trade for the Clippers that made me go, oh, man, no, nah, not Shea, man. No, 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 not, not him. Everybody but him. Uh, so, uh, really, he really, really excites me, Rick, and I, I definitely understand where you feel because you're not sure on him, right?
2: Yes, I'm not sure on him. The, I, I'm less sure on him now than I was last year. It's like I've seen more of him. His numbers have gone up. The It takes him a long time to load up that three-point shot. He's got a very slow wind-up and release, and the decision making while he is aggressive i agree with you 100% on that there are times where the decision making isn't it's it's almost like he's predetermined what he what he's he wants to do as opposed to kind of getting into it and seeing it now that may just still be a young player but it's just i was so high on him previously and i've just come off of that a little bit not a not a great deal but Whereas before I thought, oh, this is gonna be the next. Like he's gonna be what Sean Livingston could have been, if he hadn't got hurt. Because he's got that long, lean body. Defensively, he can do a lot of things. Offensively, like I, you know, he can get to where he wants to on the floor. There's just a couple things that I've seen that I was like, ah, maybe I gotta, I gotta pump the brakes just a little bit on this kid.
1: Yeah, I mean. Look, Rick. He has it, I, and I think about a guy with that type of handle. I saw so much Sean Livingston in him. Mm. Uh, it, it, it was scary, and I mean, he's got he's got these unorthodox finishes, but yeah. he's so much of a better shooter than Sean Livingston. True. Um, that he just listen, Rick. He just made plays that really, really excite me. And in the midst of the year, I want to say. He probably added five five to, to eight pounds of muscle in the year. Mm. Um, and you could see him physically kind of like pounding through point guards. And he's a legit point. so if you got your point guard guarding a kid that's all a six, seven, yeah, he's, he's different, Rick. He's, he's different, bro, like I'm, I'm telling you.
2: Hmm. Okay, we'll get to it here because your excitement can't be contained. You've done the cycle cast stuff. I've done the cycle cast stuff, right? Have, now, have you been on since the last time? Like, how many times have you been on? How many times have you done your deal with Cedric?
1: I, I got one in last week. I'm, I'm excited because I'm going to go down to the weight room and get one in tomorrow. Okay. And one of the biggest scares for me, hmm. uh, well, apparently Dame, Dame hit a buzzer beater from the logo that I'm sure everybody will see. Uh, but one of the biggest thing that scares me um, is that when I go on the road It's easy for me to get out of shape I got all the way up And I know you Like for me I got up to 275 Rick And you're Ooh. familiar with me last year I My playing weight was 245 My comfortable weight is 250 Right now yeah. I got up to 275 last year So Like Cyclecast has me excited Because it's like Okay like Go and work out on the road Yes I'm new to this Rick You You're really good about this <laughs> Like I'm new to this So like Like I need Cedric in my ear as yeah. I work out.
2: So, for those of you who may not know, we're talking about CycleCast. It's an app that provides you studio quality classes for both indoor cycling and running workouts. I found CycleCast on my own. I already had a quality spin bike and I didn't want to spend a ton of money on a new bike with a video screen and all that. You know, the one I'm talking about. And so, I, I, I had my own playlist, I had my own workout, but I was getting a little bit bored. And so I looked around and I found Cyclecast and you can put the app on your phone. You can use it on your iOS or Android phone. It uses minimal battery and data. You can use it on any kind of bike. The running programs are both indoor and outdoor. And as Ryan said, for somebody who travels and has to fit my workouts around my schedule, I love that I can take Cyclecast with, with me wherever I go and use it pretty much in, in any gym. And so uh, we're, it's, it, the subscription rate is just ridiculously low, but we're going to take care of that for you. They give you a seven-day free trial. If you use the promotional code BUCHER, B-U-C-H-E-R, you'll get four free additional weeks on top of the seven-day trial. It's called Cyclecast, C-Y-C-L-E-C-A-S-T. It's an app. You load it onto your phone, and if you use the promotional code BUCHER, You'll get five free weeks. If you're having trouble with the app, just go to cyclecast.com. You can set up your your account that way. You're going to get guided workouts. You're going to get killer soundtracks. Cyclecast, you're going to love where this app takes you. All right. I want to get to some all-star stuff. And again, I don't know if you got into this conversation, but I saw it bubble up because Trey Young, with the first uh, voting that came out, Trey Young, I believe, was at the top of the Eastern Conference Guards, and I just wonder how you feel about a guy who is on the worst team in the Eastern Conference being a starter in the All Star game. Does, is do you f- feel any kind of way like that's that's not what an All Star should? That's not an All Star. It's not. A, no matter what his numbers are, no matter how he's playing, if you're one of the five best players in the Eastern Conference, your team can't have the worst record.
1: I don't have any problem with it. Uh, I could argue that he's the best point guard in the NBA. I know Dame Lillard is going to have a lot to say about that. Um, That's why I said argue. Um, I can go back and forth on that. Uh, With Trey Young. You
2: caught me off guard there.
1: Trey Young is special. Hey, keep in mind, we haven't seen Kyrie. There is no Steph. You got to help me. You got to help me with that because I'm looking at Dame, the only one. And Dame's having his share of struggles. But, you know, Dame always gets hot later in the season. Um, so that's expected. But right now, you, I, I look at Trey and what he's doing as the best point guard. You know, pure point guard, not the Harden point guard, not the LeBron point guard. Best point guard in the league. Um, I don't have any problem with it. You got to name his competition in the Eastern Conference. John Wall's injured; he's he's you know not in play.
2: We're counting I mean, Luka Doncic as a point guard, are we not? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I,
1: I would put him in that hybrid category, even though I mean he's essentially a point guard from day one. I would say traditional.
2: We're counting so John ja Morant as a point guard for sure.
1: He's he's better than John ja Morant for sure. Let's not even start that. Let's not even question that like if if the, if the, if, the, if our listeners can see me I'm giving who, the, like I'm looking who, off I'm looking <laughs> off who, in this Let me space put
2: it here. this way I get, I'm going to let you start your team right now Who are you picking as your point guard
1: Right now is like as like a oh! like real point guard like not like not the Luca point guard
2: No not a hybrid point guard I'm talking I'm I'm basically saying I'm giving oh, I'm you a choice Trey. you can start your team with, with either Trey or with Ja Who I'm are you going starting with? Trey
1: right now I'm going with oh, Trey not a question I'm going with me. Trey
2: Not me, brother. Not me. I am all in on John Morant. Here's the thing. Trey Young has been way more effective offensively than I thought he could be because of his size. But defensively, he gives me nothing. And I look at the potential that John Morant has with his length and his ability to finish and his playmaking for other guys I'm all in on John Morant. For me, that's not close. And I don't want to take anything away from Trey. This is the difficulty that I have. This is the position that the voting setup for the All-Star game puts us in. Because Trey Young doesn't deserve from his play to be a starter in the All-Star game. If If you're one of the five best players in the Eastern Conference which is what we equate with you're starting in the All-Star game, right? That's that's we shouldn't because it's a popularity contest. It's you know, the fans vote for 50%, the players vote for 25 and we and the media vote for 25. But it's really kind of what we attach to it. And it's not fair. It's not fair to Trey that he would be put on that pedestal cuz I got to think, Ryan, there's guys in the league that are looking at Trey going, "You're nice, but you're not that." Not that they hate on him. I don't think anybody hates in the league. Nobody's, nobody, nobody's. The 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 emotions aren't that raw these days. But I, all things equal, if like if you're picking, you're not picking Trey Young first, are you?
1: I am. Wow. I you're surprising I, see, right, me with see, this
2: right now. You're blaming Trey Young. They're because... eight and thirty-two. As I. As we record this,
1: you lose Dentman, you lose Torian Prince, who you undervalued, and then you put Cam Reddish, who really is a lot more raw than anybody could have seen. And that's ugly. You have got, they took a step backwards outside of Trey Young. So I don't blame Trey for that. Like he can't block shots and defend and do all like you know what I'm saying. Like I can't blame him for that, and I know Atlanta's best is to come. I you gotta go and watch how bad the guys around oh, him are. Oh no, no no no! I know how bad they are. They're so they're so offensive minded. Yep. And I've really been a fan of Cam Reddish, but he's just so raw. And everybody's been talking about his motor and his motor. I don't know if it's his motor. He just doesn't get it.
2: He doesn't get it. The structure of this team, you know, they kept Vince Cur- Vince Carter, and they went and they got Evan Turner, and that was supposed to be your veteran leadership. But you also added Jabari Parker to the mix, and I've seen Jabari Parker kick not one but two teams sideways with just the Jabari Parker presence and experience. And it's he's not a he's not a maliciously bad guy. It's just whatever Evan and Vince are bringing to the party, I guarantee you that Jabari is counteracting in that locker room. There it's 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 not a great mix. And so I don't put that on Trey Young. I don't put that on Trey Young. But I'm going to go back to this. If you are it's a little bit like Kevin Love in Minnesota when people were saying he's the best power forward in the game or he was one of the top 10 players if you're that good, your team should be in the hunt for a playoff spot. Talking about Kevin Love being one of the top 10 players. And essentially, if we equate All-Star, being an All-Star starter, with being one of the 10 best players in the league, then Trey Young can't be an All-Star. And, I, and, I, and that's why I, I feel as if... Like, I would like to see Trey Young in the All-Star game because he's entertaining as hell. Because I want entertaining players. I want the All Star Game to be fun. I would have wanted Jay Will to be in the All Star Game every year. I want Jamal Crawford in the All Star Game. I want guys that are going to dazzle me with their game. And Trey Young can do that. So I feel like we should make it about we should we should erase this idea that these are the best players in the game. Just they're the most entertaining. They're the most popular. Let's not let's let's change the definition of all star because it's become confused now, in part because of the way the voting is 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 structured. But you, I guarantee, Ryan, you you played with guys, and I think we talked about this maybe in the last podcast. I guarantee you, you t- you played with guys who were gunning to be all stars, and they were good for two thirds of the season. And then, But they get that label as All-Star, and we think, oh, they were one of the best players that season. No, they weren't. They were one of the best players and one of the most popular players and had the best numbers until the end of January. Never mind what they did the rest of the year. And yet, when we look at it historically, we call them a three-time, five-time, seven-time, nine-time All-Star, we, 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 we attribute something to that that I don't think that we should attribute to it anymore
1: you're just so stinking disrespectful bro (laughs) you are you just compared Trey Young who's fourth in the NBA in scoring fifth in assists yeah and you just said man I want to see him like hey I want to see Jamal Crawford Jay like I just want to see the show like yeah I want to see the show he's so much yeah Trey Young's a show he's a show look man I've seen guys who go out and gun and I play with guys that want to go get their numbers, I don't see that from Trey, because Trey makes the correct play every time down the floor.
2: Well, the correct play with the guys that he's with is to 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 shoot every
1: time. (laughs) No, I've seen, look, I've seen guys like that. I have absolutely seen guys like that. Hmm. I'm not going to name them, but I've seen guys like that, that pass to get the assist, not pass to make the right play. I don't get that from Trey Young, man. I, 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 I swear, Rick, I really, really don't. And this Atlanta team excites me for Trey, for Collins, Um, you know, hopefully more of their guys step up, but I'm telling you, he's the real deal, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in on him for his playmaking ability. He can see the floor in a different way, man, but I I can't blame him because the other guys around him can't defend. They aren't what they're cracked up to be. And, And I believe they're just, they're a piece away. And I never want to give Jabari Parker that title of just kind of locker room cancer, but I, I'm just really intrigued that I I keep hearing things and you, you know, the results can't lie. Hmm. Um, you know, you swap him out for out of Porter in Chicago and immediate difference. A team that was just going in the dumps, bro. Um, so I I don't want to label him there, but I'm trust me, Rick, I'm listening. I'm listening and I'm watching when it comes to Jabari Parker, but I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Trey young, Rick. I, I, I know you're salty but I'm in on Trey young.
2: By the way, Taco Fall, we talked about it. I think we talked about it in the last podcast. Taco Fall now has 543,352 votes. <laughs> Did you see when he got in the game the other day? Like he got in after right after we talked about it. Like he had the 110,000 and he was on the list. He got into the game and he got he got worked. Like he couldn't get a rebound. It was it was embarrassing. And it's guy people are like piling on now. He's sixth right now. He's ahead of Bam Adebayo of Miami. And Bam Adebayo to me is a legit starter in the All-Star game. Like if you're just asking me who the best five players that I would pick to to start, uh Jimmy Butler, Bam, Giannis, Embiid, and Pascal Siakam would be my would be my starting five. Those to me. Now, Siakam's missed some time, and Bede's obviously going to miss some time. But if you're just asking me who the five best players that I would pick going into into the All Star game, those would be my five.
1: Oh, wait, wait. If I'm not mistaken, no Ben Simmons?
2: I did not pick Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons right now is eighth in the voting. And here's the thing I might vote Ben Simmons over Trey Young. Like, and I'm not a Ben Simmons fan. Here's my question. I, and I get, like, I, I know I'm kind of veering all over the place. This you is are, over,
1: you're just disrespectful. I you're really, disrespectful with Trey Young, the, I,
2: I am. I'm being, I'm being, I'm being, I'm, I didn't mean to, I didn't plan on being it, but whew, right now, the, for those who don't know, Trey Young leads in the voting in the Eastern Conference. Kyrie Irving is next. Obviously, he's not going to be there. Kemba Walker is third. Derrick Rose is fourth. Zach Levine is fifth. I'd like to see both of those guys, Derrick Rose and Zach Levine, in Chicago on the All Star squad. And Zach Levine's Zach Levine's on one. I don't know if you've seen any anything of what he's done. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm not that mad at Zach dude, being in. That dude is bawling out.
1: He's been hooping since last year, bro. Like yes. they
2: could have voted. Yeah, like he's hooping since last year. All right. Um. Do you have a Do you have a favorite five? <laughs> Oh, unbelievable! Sorry, Rick. I'm you some are food, Rick. unbelievable.
1: Bear, bear yeah, can you have him bring it up, please? <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, Rick. Sorry, Rick. Sorry, listeners. This is as real as it gets. It's, yo.
2: Yeah, this is raw footage. Uh, you're five in the Eastern Conference.
1: Eastern Conference, my five. I'll go Embiid. I'll go Giannis. I'll go Trey. Let me pull up my list, man. Let me pull it because I don't. I don't. You I don't
2: gotta like have Jimmy here. there, right? Yeah, Jimmy. That's four. Um,
1: dang, this guy got here fast, Rick. Hold
2: this on, is, let's
1: pause, pause this, for Libby. Pause this, Libby. Yeah, appreciate it, bro. Thank you. Pause this. <laughs> pause this, Libby. I like to talk to Libby. We sound more important when we say his name. <laughs> like, we sound like we're like, you know what I'm saying? Right,
2: right. We're just handing it over to our producer. Yeah, we're handing it over to somebody. Yeah, I got you. Give me who your five favorites are in the Eastern Conference. Who you consider the five best players in the Eastern Conference right now.
1: Okay, I'm going Giannis.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm going Trey.
2: One of the five best players in the Eastern Conference.
1: I'm going to go Bradley Beal at the two. Okay. I'm going to go Beal at the two. I'm going to go Siakam. Then... And I already gave you Embiid, right? Yep. Yep. And and I just believe that Bill's just having a heck of a year. I'll throw him in there. I think he's more tenured than Levine. We know Levine is balling, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him in there over Levine, even though he's a Bruin. But I believe Levine will get in. Will be voted in if he's not outright.
2: Okay. What about LeBron? the West?
1: West, um, LeBron. Yep. Ad. Yep. Harden. Yep. Dang, you got to start Luca too. You got to go Luca. Yep. That's that's the backcourt. Um,
2: I think you only got one more.
1: And dang, see, I'm intrigued with Kawhi.
2: Yeah, you I gotta put Kawhi. Kawhi in there.
1: No, Kawhi gets my pass. So Ad's my center. I'm going. Ka- yeah, yeah. And I'm going Kawhi. Okay. And my big blow up on Twitter, the dog fight with Kendrick Perkins, was that. He said Paul George doesn't deserve it. He won't be in. He's on his rant. And I'm like, dude, like, like fight me, Perk. Like, how do you not put Paul George in the mix? Yeah, I, he would be George my sixth man.
2: I mean, look, both he and Kawhi have missed time. Anthony Davis is missing time right now. You can always kind of look at it. I, I look. I I take that into account more when it comes to All NBA at the end of the year. How much did a guy play? over the course of the entire year, but this load management stuff really is screwing that up too. Used to be I felt like you had to play at least 63, 65 games. Now, so guys are just automatically taking six to eight games. It, it changes the dynamic when it comes to that. So, I'm not sure where I'm going to go. I got uh, LeBron, AD, Kawhi, Luka, and Harden, which, for whatever reason, the voters in the Western Conference have it exactly right those are the leading voters in the front court LeBron, AD and Kawhi and in the back court Luca and James are leading the way with Damian third Steph fourth and uh, Paul George is fourth in the front court so uh, for whatever reason uh, and this is the second return on the voting uh, the this is just fan voting, so we're still going to get the 25% from the media and 25% from-
1: I almost feel like you're talking like you one of the fan votes, the way you've been talking tonight, yo. I'm what?
2: <laughs> like, what? I'm like, what? You're
1: one of the fan, like, you're one of the fan votes and not the media.
2: <laughs> what are you talking about? What? The way you've been talking tonight, yo. <laughs> what are you talking about? What? That's, a, that's a vile accusation. <laughs> that, really, that, that really upsets me. that's that's almost as bad as my son my son's my son's new thing when we start talking i start telling him something and he's like i must i must i must have alzheimer's and i go i go why because he goes i don't remember asking (laughs) how about that so oh that's funny so he did that he did that to me tonight and i was in the middle of a story and i just i cut it he goes i'm sorry dad you, tell me. Tell me the rest of the story. I'm like, no, 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 You gotta learn you gotta learn that being a smart ass has a cost. <laughs> has a price. What? And he's and he's in here right now. I'm here right now. Yes, I'm telling Wait, the story the on the story? podcast. Story about in the car today.
1: Hey, hey and also to
2: <laughs> the Alzheimer's. I forgot Oh
1: Yeah. No Rick, I don't share that. Rick. My dad.
2: That's not good.
1: My dad. Told me be
2: like, he
1: would asshole. tell me the same story, at least fifteen times. So I know, unfortunately, in my future, I'm going to be telling my kids the same story, the same excitement, fifteen yeah. times. And it got to the point where he was so excited that, like, I wouldn't even tell him, like, Dad, I know the story, like, you know what I'm
2: saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, this wasn't this wasn't the case. But in any event, he told me he goes he goes, Dad, he goes, Dad, I'm not, I'm only a smart ass to you. I'm not a smart ass to other people. I'm 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 grown up. Wait, no, Dad. I, today I didn't say the Alzheimer's thing. I was like, I was like,
0: I don't. Oh, maybe I did. <laughs> I, I don't know. You've used I, that I, one a
2: couple times. Yeah, is the point. I was like, I was like, right. I don't remember seeing this. That story. This podcast, by the way, is a mess. It's just the editing on this is going to be. We're organic. We're organic. we are. We're we very are organic. organic. Yes. I'm not pre- even sure they am not We're going to be appreciated. Well, maybe they can't hear your voice. That's Matt Bucher follow him on twitter. What is it? What's your what's your handle?
1: Matt Baker. M A T
2: B U C A T R. All right. He's got all of 9 followers, I think.
1: Yeah, bro. Love yeah.
2: All right. So, uh Eight. Eight. we need to wrap this up. We got a couple more things that we need to
0: get to. To find out if it's right for you.
2: Before we do that, thanks, Matt. That's thanks for joining us. What do you think of my idea that make it just make it entertaining, make it a show, make it a show, Stop, make it All Star a show?
1: There, we already gave you the answer last year, where after you're you're in whoever's in the captain's pick, and now you're getting an entertaining game. Like last year was a really good game. What do you? <laughs> What are you fussing for? (laughs) What's your gripe still? It was a good game
2: last year. It was a better game last year. And it'll be even a better game this year. Yeah, it's not not the selection. I love the selection process. It's what we attach to (laughs) All-Star. You got Taco Fall, like, sixth. You got Jimmy Butler, who's not in the starting front court right now. Now, whatever you think of Jimmy Butler... With what he's done and what Miami has done, he has to be. He has to be a hey, starter. You
1: know what? My, my bad. I got to take Bill out and put Jimmy there. I'm, I'm looking at it on paper. My, my apologies. It's going to be Embiid, Trey, Siakam, Giannis, and Jimmy. But, and low-key, Trey may have to go out for Kimba because Kimba's had such a good year.
2: <sighs> you know what? I, I knew you'd come around. I knew you'd come around.
1: My bad. My bad. I'm going to start Kimba.
2: Your team success does have to, does have to play some role. Now, I think that Zach Levine yeah, yeah. and Derrick Rose can get a sentimental vote. Even their teams haven't done well. Derrick Rose is such a great story in terms of what he's done. He's kept Detroit afloat. Blake hasn't been there all year, pretty much. And the fact that they're, they've are they still been mildly competitive, um, I give a lot of the credit to Derrick. And then Zach has been the shining light for the Chicago Bulls. I mean, he's just – he is – he's worth watching alone, what he's done. Uh, and it being in Chicago – I'm going to give it to him there's no there's nobody else. Let's put it this way. There's nobody else that I'm crying out to put in that game. I, I don't feel like I would be shorting somebody by putting those two guys in not as starters but but somewhere on the roster
1: yeah no he 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 turned he turned up since last year. he did
2: want to get to this. you and I haven't had a chance to discuss it. I wanted to get your feelings on Kevin Love and what i have to say? I mean, he said it himself. he acted like a thirteen year old he acted out. <laughs> uh, is he out of line or do you understand that a veteran guy on a young team like that going nowhere has a right to be upset and to express that?
1: Look, I played with Kevin. Kevin's actions are being consistent with, you know, how he handles frustrations. There are certain guys who really blow things up okay, really blowing up, okay, mm-hmm. when things go bad. So if you want to get mad at the, his etiquette, he could have told you he, he wasn't fair and he didn't like the way he acted. I don't mind it from Kevin um, in the sense that he should have been traded last year. And as a star, you can ask to be traded, your agent can pound on the doors, but the team will just hold on to you. And Cleveland seems to be doing to Kevin Love what they did to me. And by no means am I Kevin Love, but when I was looking to get uh, waived and I can discuss this now, g- get traded, they were absolutely ridiculous with the offers that they're asking for. They're like, hey, we want a first round pick for Hollins. We want this guy, that guy. And mm. it was like, yo, he's not even playing for you right now. He's not even playing for you. And they knew I want to get out. I knew the the offers that were given from the Celtics and various other teams that, to receive me. And they weren't willing to do it. And it got to the point where I had to ask them to waive me out of my contract so I could go to Boston. And as much as it pained me and it made me look like I was a bad player, like, well, how do you get waived? I had to ask them to waive me. And they told me that I had to be confidential about asking that because they were so worried about their name. And but I knew they were doing a big favor and I knew that I was going where I was going. So I just had to bite, bite that bullet. Um, So I'm glad it worked out. But in terms of Kevin Love, if you don't take the Jimmy Butler, kind of Anthony Davis approach, they're just going to hold on to you, man, until they they feel like they can get something or, you know, something good drops across their desk. And ultimately, it's in the team's benefit, sadly so, uh, to wait out because you never know who may be disgruntled, what may come along. You know, maybe Kyle Kuzma, the team is... He's so atrocious that the team is ready to (laughs) trade him and get rid of him. Um, But ultimately, um, a star has to act out to get traded. And now it has to become public. And attention has to come there uh, for it to happen.
2: I get all that. I don't know that even acting out is going to get him out the door. Just because of the contract. I mean if we think Chris Paul's contract is is bad, and I don't who do you, who do you think's who do you think's worse? Who who do you think's contract is worse? Who do you think is less valuable? Kevin who is paid through the 22-23 season at I mean it actually goes down a little bit. He gets 31 next year, 31 the year after that and 28 <laughs> 3 years out and is making about 28 right now. 29 or uh, Chris Paul's, and I gotta check to see exactly what the numbers are on his, but I know he's got at least two years beyond this one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and then he's got a player, so it's this year, 2021. He's got 41 million, and 21, 22, he's got a player option for 44 million. So, <laughs> obviously, Kevin Love is is owed significant more money do you, and another, and an extra year, which one is the worst contract? Who would you rather have? Who's going to be harder to move?
1: Chris Paul, for his age, injury history.
2: Chris Paul being 34, by the way, right now.
1: Yeah, and it's not even about the age. It's the injury history mixed with the age. And then, like, when you have Chris Paul come into your organization, you know the way he is going to engulf it. Right. Like right now things are working because Shea Gilgis Alexander is like looking up to him. There's there's such an age gap there. Steven Adams needs him. You know, Galinari's like a chill personality. I worked with him last year. Um, those guys are gonna be more hesitant. So but now with your Chris Paul, you're only looking at certain teams going, Well, do we wanna bring him in? I mean, shoot, maybe they get traded for each other. I, I don't I don't know. Um, and then maybe Shea gilgis Alexander moves oh. to the one. And love moves to the four along oh. with Stephen Adams. Who who knows? You know what I'm saying? Uh, but love, Chris is a Paul in Cleveland,
2: Chris Paul in Cleveland. Well, there might be a murder. Number, they've, they've, they they got might got be a murder. They,
1: they got a number of point guards, so they'd have to they had to swap one out. <laughs> Sexton and um. The no, other kids. I'm not even talking
2: about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking yeah, about yeah. Chris Paul, John Beeline. If Kevin Love is upset with that situation, can you imagine? Can uh, you imagine to, Chris Paul?
1: Yeah, which mean, I'm just trying to figure it out. Uh, but ultimately, if you're if you're Kevin Love, you're a team that's going to win it, or you need some help, um, and you've got the contracts to move. He's a good second or third option, like, and he's proven he can be a championship second or third option on a team. Kevin's just not, and, and the hangup is, I play with Kevin. Kevin's not a first option. But he's a great second or third, amazing second or third option. Right. And Chris Paul engulfs your organization. So right. you got to be equipped with young guys or multiple guys that say, hey, we don't have a floor general like your show, brother. And he's getting OKC to the playoffs. He's got him in the playoffs right now. So you know he can do that. There's just not a major ceiling there.
2: I wonder if OKC continues down that road. That's actually something I, w- I need to check out because – I could see them. I could see them like seeing what they can get for Gallinari, pay, selling off a couple pieces that would be very valuable to playoff teams, in order to get additional assets. Because it really doesn't, it doesn't do a whole lot for them. I mean, it does from a vanity standpoint, in terms of you you, you trade away Paul George and Russ Westbrook and you still make the playoffs. I mean, that would be a feel good story. But I think if you're looking at building the team right now you're looking at we'll move a couple pieces in order to get a couple extra picks or some cap relief or whatever in order to uh in, in order to build a better team then we're going to make the playoffs this year
1: yeah no you're you're right it's the worst it's the worst thing <laughs> i remember uh griff was our gm over in cleveland and <laughs> Barron came over. We start winning games, consecutive yeah. games in a row, and he was like, "Oh, this is not good. <laughs> we don't want to start winning." <laughs> you you know, you know, like, like with Barron, you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah. So, like, this was like motivated, you know, energetic, bought in, like, you know what I'm saying? Right? It's like, whoa, well, hold on, man! this, we're not trying to do this.
2: Next thing you know, Barron's in New York.
1: Yeah, New York.
2: Yeah. All right. That does it for this episode of Buker & Hollands, subsidiary of Bucher & Friends, part of the United WeCast Network. Uh, please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcast, iTunes or wherever. And then if you want us to do for something for you, screenshot that review and uh, you will be eligible to win some prizes. In the next podcast, I will be joined by a special guest. I think I know who that special guest is, but I'm not going to say it quite yet because i haven't locked it down but you will be entertained you will enjoy and that will be coming up next so in the meantime for mr holland's world traveler for matt buecher for the room service guy for everybody who joined this podcast whether we wanted them or not thank you for listening